Hi, everyone. Welcome to News and Brews Sports Biz, our podcast series that advocates for the financial voices in college athletics and features new developments impacting the business of collegiate sports. I'm Ken Kurzel. And I'm Katie Davis. Today, we are fortunate to be recording our podcast in person from Oxford, Mississippi, with our guests from Ole Miss Athletics, Jennifer Saxon, Executive Associate AD and Senior Women's Administrator, and Angela Robinson-Pittman, Senior Associate AD for Financial Operations. Welcome, Jennifer and Angela. Welcome to Oxford. Thank Thank you. you. Um, So today we're going to discuss a variety of topics around leadership roles, barriers to success in those roles, and how to proactively engage campus leaders to promote positive impact for the entire university community. So Jennifer, I want to start with you and want you to explain what the role of SWA means to you and how this role brings value to the university and your student athletes. Come in hot earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think that the SWA designation, while it has developed and expanded over you know the last few years since it's been created, um, for me specifically on our campus, it's about being an advocate for not only our female sports, but you know, the coaches that support women's athletics, as well as you know, being an advocate for our student athletes as a whole. I think that we've seen a trend. Um, around the country that, you know, largely women are getting far more recognition than we have previously in the space of finance. Um, I think that we are showing more capacity for revenue opportunities. And right now, specifically where we are at the University of Mississippi, it's about trying to create more opportunities for women to be able to um, be part of the revenue generation conversation, but also how can we continue to advance um, recognition for those student athletes and those coaches, but also grow the sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and just a little tidbit of um, the big thing I noticed on that, just the impact of, you know, the recognition that women's sports has given. I was watching this weekend, you know, some of the uh, SEC gymnastics and just mm-hmm. blown away by mm-hmm. how significantly they are at many schools outdrawing men's basketball, yeah. you know, much, much bigger name sport. And I think that's a great evidence of, you know, mm-hmm. just where women's athletics is going and um, an amazing and good thing. So, um we often hear, you know, Katie and I, as we talk across the industry, a common theme that we hear is um, oftentimes in key leadership positions like SWA position or CFO position, not really having adequate access uh, either to the information or the appropriate authority to make decisions. Um, can you guys talk a little bit, um, <laughs> not asking for a self-analysis of how yeah. that is here at Ole Miss, but yeah. can you just talk about how you two work together really to try to overcome those barriers and be successful in your roles? Well, I'll start by saying I think it is valid um, and largely why I think we both have remained here at Ole Miss is the opportunity as women to sit at a a leadership seat Mm -hmm. and to be heard. Um, I think that's extremely valid in the conversation. I think that, you know, we have been fortunate and we work for, you know, someone that values our opinions. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, Angela and I might have to go in the room and be like, all right, now (laughs) let's work through this. Um, But, you know, when we're sitting at the table and I think that's where you see representation, but representation matters. You know, I have moved into this role in the past two years or so, but coming to the University of Mississippi from a smaller environment and seeing women like Angela that had a seat at the table were able to be Mm -hmm. vocal was truly instrumental for me to be able to think that I could be 
you know, not just a small fish in a large pond. Um, and not just because she's sitting here and because I need some new money, but um, <laughs> and it's season. <laughs> yeah. but because that matters, um, you know, you ask the question about, you know, what does SWA mean or what does it mean here? And I think it's about making sure that women can have a seat at the table, that we take up space and that we're a part of decision making. So we are a part of decision making here at the University of Mississippi. But, you know, I, what I value about Angela probably visit her more than not um, <laughs> in a day's time is to be able to say, hey, I'm not being ridiculous about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be fiscally responsible, but I really need your opinion. Like I need you to take that hat off and put this hat on and and let's look at holistically how we're managing this particular sport and where can we spread our dividends. Yeah. yeah. Angela, what are you, I mean, again, thinking back over um, conversations we've had before, mm-hmm. you know, just on again, access to others within the leadership community on what are some of the techniques you've used to to really try to kind of overcome that barrier of, um, you know, not always having the authority needed to to make the decision. So I'll answer first on the information Mm -hmm. and having information that's available. It's been critical for me to have a great working relationship with Jennifer and others who have held her position within the athletics department at the conference level so much is of the legislation is driven from the from that room from the SWA room and so having communications often with Jennifer um, as to things that they're looking into where she sees trends going um, within the conference has been so valuable for me to be able to go back and say okay well if we choose to make X decision, what does it look like for us financially instead of waiting until, you know, it's already in the AD room and and being voted on. The other thing that I think has been so beneficial here specifically at Ole Miss is everything that we do is very collaborative. Um, from external teams to budget committee, you know, Jennifer sits on the budget committee as well as uh, several others that are in uh, athletics administration. But because she sits in on every budget meeting, it affords us the opportunity to be able to talk about Title IX and its application to our budget cycle and what we do and how we invest in our sports. So it's keeping that communication line open so that when there are questions, people just like Jennifer and will walk into the room and say, hey, what do you think about this? What what does this do for us financially? I think it helps longevity at an institution when you are a chief financial officer makes a big difference in your ability to either feel authority to be able to make decisions or to be able to communicate effectively. Here's what that decision's impact is going to have on our finances and the people at the table believe what you're saying and hear what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's, Angela made a really, really good point, especially as you talk about matters related to Title IX and gender equity. It matters having Angela in her position as CFO to have, you know, previously, historically, it was like this one person, right? The one woman that was at the table and the one woman that was fighting for everything to happen. I don't have to be in every room to not know that Angela has an understanding of what should be happening. And there's some things that, to be frank, make my job really easy because she's already made the decision. Right. Um, she's already made the decision because she knows what needs to happen and knows what equity needs to look like in terms of travel or budgetary pieces. We made a pretty big decision last year um, in one of our women's sports and making sure that that budget looked complementary to their male counterpart. Um, 
So I'm sitting in my SWA room as everybody's kind of fighting and maybe not always extremely happy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have that problem. Um, but mm. largely because of the relationship that that Angela and I have, we have a supportive athletic director, but you know, she's able to look at it holistically in a full picture, but also understand some of the things that we have to focus on from a gender equity perspective. Um, I think an example that is worth sharing, you know, we're all coming out of COVID, you know, we're so many years out now at this point. And I think it was probably volleyball was one of our first conversations mm -hmm. and they volleyball and the SEC made a change during COVID to travel, you know, back to back. You have this Friday and Saturday or the Saturday and Sunday and you're in the same location. That was a drastic financial mm -hmm. really savings for most yes. of our institutions. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we recently <laughs> made made the change and went back to our schedule pre-COVID. Well, I had that conversation with Angela probably maybe a year before that, two years before that, just saying, hey, this might happen. And when it didn't happen, she didn't wrote me, wrote me about it not happening. <laughs> um, but when it happened, she wasn't super, she wasn't surprised. Right. Because I was able to say, hey, yeah, this time it really is happening. And that, though, is having a major financial impact on our budget this year, you know, upcoming. But she's not compromising the experience that our student athletes and coaches have. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be easy to say that, hey, well, you all should have thought about this differently or the coaches should have thought about it differently. But she's keeping the integrity of competition for that sport, how they travel and show up, those students being able to, you know, be in their beds one night and wake up and go to class the next morning. And she understands it. Right. And so that that's a drastic difference, I think, in our relationship. But also that's an example of how it could work. You know, having the conversation to say, hey, this might be happening. This is kind of trending this way. This is how I think we should think about it. And we don't always agree, but <laughs> You know, we can we have a cordial relationship that we can close the door, fight it out. I'm, that is not <laughs> literal. <laughs> yeah. 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 A debate about it. A healthy debate about it. And then there's some times where I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I just walk out like licking my wounds a little bit. But we're walking out of there with the best decision for the University of Mississippi, for our staff and student athletes. Yeah, I mean, I think y'all are in a really great position that you collaborate and build on each other's synergies. And I've seen in some cases where the CFO is the SWA. And while mm -hmm. that might seem like the dream because you're sitting at mm -hmm. both tables, like you don't have that other person to mm -hmm. bounce things off yeah, of. Right. Um, but most often what I see is that the CFO and the SWA don't really talk to each other unless it's, you know, this is what you need to do. And mm -hmm. it's not let's brainstorm how or giving you a heads up of, hey, I just came out of this meeting and um, wanted wanted to let you know so that you can start working on it. And mm -hmm. I think that's so important that um, that relationship needs to be in place at all the schools. Yeah. yeah. And I think if you're going to be an effective CFO and sort of manage a budget, taking everything into mind mm -hmm. is you've got to get away from your computer screen. Mm -hmm. You know, we all became accountants because we love doing spreadsheets and we love <laughs> with <laughs> balance and we love debits <laughs> and credits and nothing makes me happier than, you know, having a good spreadsheet that I'm working in, but you've got to be in the room in the conversations. That's the only way you're going to be able to have any sort of impact is getting away from the computer screen and into the room so that people do consider you a value add to conversation and not a hindrance, right? right. Where, oh, don't go see Angel about it. She's just going to say no. While, <laughs> yes, I will be tasked with saying no occasionally, um, just putting yourself in a place where people are comfortable coming to you, having conversations with you so you can anticipate changes in scheduling and budget impact um, long term and be prepared for it instead of having sort of a, a knee jerk reaction to anything 
any new legislation that sort of changes the financial outlook for the department. Mm -hmm. Would you say that um, I think one thing that's that's helped us, you know, there's some points where I'm like, hey, you really need to go look at this. Like you need to, to Angel's point of getting up from behind the desk. Like I need you to go see what this board is doing, what they're up against, like what this looks like, because I think that also makes a difference in, in Angela's willingness to, I don't think she's a traditional CFO, so let me be clear, it's not <laughs> indictment on anyone, I just, I'm pretty open with her about that, getting up to go see, um, and her involvement in what some of our smaller sports look like, and what some of our women's sports look like, have been drastically different. Um, and that's a challenge on both sides for her to say, I need you to look at this this way, you know, Jen, is a stretch for me. So I do think that, but I think that was also a commitment maybe to each other in these new roles of we got to try to help each other right. and try to try to see it differently because it's really easy in our jobs to get really um, siloed. I think the other part is typically the SWA and the CFO have a lot of things in common. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, You know, I don't. I wouldn't trade what Angela's up against and what she has to deal with and telling people like me no. Um, and then when I will tell her, you can't tell me no, but she can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they, it's a whole lot easier if you try to work together versus everybody feels like they're individually fighting for their thing. Yeah. You know, when we put our heads down at night, we're theoretically just trying to figure out, did we provide the best experience for our student athletes, staff and coaches? And is everybody say, you know, can we live to see another day? Yep. That is something that I think we have tried to, we try to push ourselves to do. Um, and, but I, I think that's, also really helped I don't know what your perspective is but I think that that's helped maybe decision making and you sit in budget meetings that sometimes even when I don't want her to she's like no that sport needs no nah, I need it for that. <laughs> <laughs> well um yeah and I mean I've even even we've experienced that when we've been on campus before and Angela's taken us around and shown us facilities mm -hmm. and getting to see the different locker rooms and things like that and really seeing that from a gender equity standpoint there is a lot of um, comparison or at least work toward you know really elevating the women's sports um, experience and so it's definitely obvious that Angela doesn't say no and she, you know y'all work together and, and find out but I mean you know working together to really determine where the best use of the limited resources is to ma maximize that experience and right. yeah um, you know, so I think y'all have done a really great job at that. Something that Angela mentioned earlier was, um, you know, the fact that Jennifer, you are in these different conference governance type activities. So could you talk a little bit more about how SWAs are involved both in conference governance as well as national issues? For sure. Um, you know, I think that's probably the most valuable to the conversation mm -hmm. is the ability to be able to be in the room, you know, in terms of voting, I'm going to call it voting power, but voting rights within a conference structure. You have your SWA, your athletic director, and your faculty athletics representative. Um, it helps to have all of the information when the three of us are sitting down with our compliance director or whomever to, to come up with perspective about where we're going to vote and how we're going to vote. Every vote has a financial impact. Um, you know, I have a couple of conference things I'm looking at now and thinking about the financial impact that that has 
And, you know, I'll ask Angela, what does this theoretically look like? Or she's, I'm going to use the terminology, she's trained me enough <laughs> to when I'm sitting in the room to say, all right, let me add all these additional costs up, which decrease our conference um, revenue number. And what does that look like for us um, from a um, from a national government governance structure? The SWA is just as impactful. The ability to serve on conference committees, sports specific committees, and represent not only in some of those cases you're representing the conference. Um, in some of those cases, you're representing you know you yourself might sit on the committee, but that designation provides you some additional opportunity. I think that, you know, there's always a lot of conversation around the SWA. Do we still need it now? Do we not need it? Um, I think that the senior women's administrator roles, while they have extremely developed and you're not only over or responsible for women's sports, but you have the capacity to be in the room. Not every, you know, department is maybe a euphoric situation, yeah. but the reality is, is that you have a voice. I get to sit at the table and the commissioners having a conversation with me and the athletic director in the FAR, you know, that's extremely significant. And so, you know, I have the capacity to sit in a meeting like that and raise my hand and speak and someone listen. And so the major implications and impacts that our conference has and the decisions that we're making, we have a, a role in that. And, you know, I think that that's pretty exciting. It's also valid for, and it talks about the experience and commitment to the experience that I think our conference has and the, the overall NCA structure. That's great. Angela, I know you've already given some, you know, wonderful advice on engagement with Jennifer and how you guys uh, collaboratively um, work through things here at Ole Miss, but, you know, what, maybe what would be some of your top advice that you would give to a, a peer in the CFO chair about how they can really engage with both SWAs as well as other leaders um, to make a bigger impact on the decision makers, the athletic directors, the chancellors, conference level? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I did, and I've been in this seat for 10 years, is learn. Soak up knowledge. Learn as much as you can mm -hmm. about what is happening um, within within the industry, learn as much as you can about Title IX. I mean, I yeah. took one summer that I thought it's a slower summer. Summer's not as busy once we close the fiscal year. I want to learn as much about Title IX and the impact on college athletics and how we should be um, using Title IX as a gauge for where we are investing or not investing mm -hmm. our funds. I listen to podcasts. I'll probably learn as much from y'all's podcast or Ole Miss specific podcasts, anything that's industry related or webinars that are industry related so that when I do get a seat at the table, I'm knowledgeable. You know, I think as a CFO, you need to be able to provide more than just here's where we stand financially and, and here's where I think we're going financially. It's based on where we're going financially, based on where the industry is going. And it is, it is changing rapidly. Since COVID, honestly, I, you know, I felt like when COVID hit, everything had changed within collegiate athletics at sort of a slower pace. There had never been these just major changes. And then with COVID and, and then Austin benefits and NIL mm -hmm. and conference realignment and expansion of the SEC and now expansion of the college football playoff, um, it's changing so rapidly. You've got to be able to keep up with what's happening in the industry to know whether or not the projections that you're providing to your athletics director or the university's chancellor or any board that you present to, that it is that it's valid taking into consideration everything that's happening um, within college athletics. I think that 
for me makes all the difference in the world because then you're seen as a key contributor and not someone who's just saying, no, you can't do that financially or yes, you can do that financially. I think that changes every bit of it and just having that relationship then with your peers where they think, oh, well, Angela does get it. She's not just a numbers nerd. She actually does understand college athletics and what is happening. It's very um, unique space to be in as a CFO. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, the accounting that we do is not incredibly challenging, right? Yeah. You've got to be able to balance a budget. You've got to be able to do projections. That's all things we learned in probably our first year of accounting school. But the challenging part of what we do is managing the, the changing industry and then managing the people around you and your relationship with them so that you can take that simple accounting and apply it in, in ways that is meaningful for them. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. And um, wanting to shift gears a little. Um, so I know you both serve on the board of directors for the United Way here. And um, would you share how your experience as leaders in college athletics brings value to your local community and vice versa, how serving your community brings you a different perspective on how you lead your athletic department? Do you want to go first since that's sort of your <laughs> We're actually both on board of directors yeah. for court appointed special advocates mm -hmm. um, locally as well. It's just yeah. chance that we've ended up on the same boards. We did not recruit know, each right? other to those boards. Well, I may have yeah, recruited you to CASA. CASA. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so this is literally like kind of how I came up in the industry. But, you know, I think Oxford is a unique environment. But, you know, colleges and universities can take up towns and take up spaces. Um, athletics, I think we demand a lot of the environments that we're, we live within. And this is, community engagement is a small way to give back to it. You know, we tell our student athletes and staff, you have to be willing to give back to the people that support you every day. Um, you know, we might complain a little bit about traffic or, you know, being diverted. And that seems like a very minute thing to us. But it is a huge inconvenience, right, on a regular basis to, to the other people that live within an environment. But the other thing is that we are afforded so much. So while this is a, you know, a conversation about finances and what that looks like in collegiate athletics, and sometimes I think we get lost in our own stuff, um, that we forget that the environment around us there are some people in extreme need and yeah. we have some opportunity to be able to, to give back. And so it's wildly exciting for us to be able to get our student athletes, coaches and staff engaged in the community and for some time to step out of ourselves in our own fast paced life to be a part of a little bit of that change. Um, I think you have to be good stewards to the environment around you. United Way for us is a huge opportunity to collectively give back to our environment, our um, community as a whole. You know, they are made up of several different nonprofit organizations. So we're able to provide some financial and physical support to them. And they're able to distribute it across the board so that we're not, you know, picking one that we're necessarily in favor of both versus another. Um, but having that partner is just, I think, beyond amazing. It, it we're not who we are in Ole Miss athletics without the community that that lives with us every day and it's all about being good stewards and I'm a servant leadership person yeah. so that you know we try to instill that in our student athletes and we can only do that by living an example so again that's another one of those pieces I think the important thing to talk about and what I would hope people get as a takeaway is the humanistic side of it like understanding that we're all people 
and we're all humans and while we all are charged with different things I think what makes it a difference is I know Angela has a heart so mm. you know selfishly <laughs> um you know at times I know how to pull on the heartstrings but that makes us I think that's a unique thing that makes us special is because I can walk in there and be like all right now I'm just not being selfish about this I'm like <laughs> you have no idea how impactful yeah um I think an example is our our rifle team that you would think they, you know, not wildly popular, but they have some perspective. We were talking about a building in a conversation, looking at a contract, actually. Um, and Angela was like, well, I think the high school might be looking at rifle or while that sounded very simple. But what are some relationships that we can have? You know, we share buildings with the city or yeah. with different areas. So our relationship extends, I think, kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. And community engagement leads to sponsorships, it leads right. to ticket sales, it leads to relationship building and the everlasting things that we believe about the University of Mississippi, which is that one truly never graduates. Right. And if you don't have those connectivity points, then I don't, I don't think that that matters, right? We're not the largest, we don't have the biggest yeah. budget, but we try to provide an experience where people walk out of here and they wouldn't, they wouldn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, for me, the community engagement piece, one, Jennifer does a good job. She's right, sort of reeling me in and say, hey, can you let's go do this thing, you know, step away from the desk and go do this thing. You know, I'm probably a unicorn in college athletics and that I'm living in the town I was born in and working for the university mm -hmm. that I graduated from. And the older that I've gotten, the more I've recognized the desire to give back to the community to make to make not only Ole Miss better, but um, Oxford better. And so that was sort of my involvement with getting involved with United Way. We had a couple of people. I think mm -hmm. we've had others on the board. We try to make sure yep. there's an athletics presence on the board. And in Jennifer's right, it's a great way to give back to the entirety of the community because they do do a lot of research in their grant applications and mm -hmm. provide uh, to various organizations. So any way that, that I think the athletics department and then me personally can give back in a manner that benefits Oxford mm -hmm. is, is huge. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, I often say, you know, there's the whole debate on, you know, athletics sports university, university sports mm -hmm. athletics, but I talk a lot about how, especially in smaller mm -hmm. college towns mm -hmm. with really great athletic programs, athletics is the front porch of the university. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the more that you're engaging with your community and giving back to that community that gives so much to athletics. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can see it, like I've seen on Twitter, pictures of like a bulletin board in elementary school where there's mm -hmm. ever, the kids drew pictures of Juice Kiffin. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, you can yeah. see just how, widely spread the the vibe of Ole Miss mm -hmm. athletics is on the community so I think it's really awesome that y'all I think our women's basketball team is a oh, perfect yeah. example of yeah. that right now when and Coach Yo talked about it the other day we had our highest attendance game against South Carolina last Sunday and it was full of people in the community it was one of the loudest games I've ever been to and I think it was because there was a large volume of children there mm -hmm. and yeah. they get loud they cheer <laughs> they've not crossed over right. to the yeah. place in life where you sit politely at <laughs> games they were into it and loud but Coach Yo is amazing and engaged the community. Her her team is out volunteering all the time. Coach Yo is invested in her neighbors and in, in yeah. the people around her and other women leaders inside um, Oxford. I think she and the mayor have a great relationship, mm -hmm. but just sort of showing you how the yeah. town will get behind you. If, if you're giving back to the community and you um, clearly love Ole Miss, having um, a big affection for Ole Miss, the community will get behind you. And I think that mm -hmm. basketball game was 
was perfect example of that, how engaging the community, it will, it will get back because you're right, we're in a small town and mm-hmm. TV has changed you know, attendance in such a way that you're, it's hard sometimes right. on a Sunday afternoon, especially if it's pretty, to get people inside an arena to watch a basketball game. But I think her engagement with the community has made such a big impact in that space. Yeah, wow. I, I think that you brought up a good point, Katie, and we talk a lot about children understanding our environment. Um, it's helped me transitioning into this new role and understanding you talk about revenue opportunities women's basketball is a great (laughs) example. Um, You know, when we sit down and Angela's educating me about ticket prices and making a decision about, do we go up here? Do we not go up? Um, Understanding our demographic makes an extreme difference. Understanding that we have a coach that has a young family that wants young families in the building and understanding the things that come with that. Um, I don't have children. So a lot of times I do pull on Angela to say, hey, what does this make sense? Or what we're doing here? She's like my ultimate secret shopper. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Because in in our space and a lot of what I do, you know, that matters. And so I think the other part about what we're doing in a community space is increasing, I would hope, increasing access to education. Because some child or young person or maybe some person that's a bit older, because our demographic can be kind of one of those two extremes or really both of those two extremes, is getting people to understand that it may be their first time on a college campus. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that it gives our student athletes and coaches an ability to say that it's not just about the athletic part of it. That's what you see us on TV for. But it's about the fact that I've been able to go to school. We still have first generation college students. The graduation rates, athletics provides us an opportunity to talk about all those other things, yes. other experiences. And so I think that that community engagement part, where we a lot of times just think community is community service, um, we're able to provide different opportunities being a part of a board like United Way to say, hey, I know that these groups, you know, confidentially, I can't say maybe didn't get as much funding, but I really do like this program. And I think this program aligns with Ole Miss Athletics or aligns with this particular team. We're able to help initiate that relationship. And that way we're able to reach a wider audience. And hopefully you're able to see the student years later that decides to come to the University of Mississippi Mm -hmm. and change the trajectory of their family's lives Mm -hmm. because they were able to get a college education. That's great. Those are some powerful examples, um, you know, both inspiring, emotional, and encouraging. So thank you for sharing all those. Um, The other, you know, we call it news and brews for a reason. Uh, We started off with originally just talking about craft beer. um, And that was was selfish on my part because I love craft beer. And we'd go visit our clients and others in the um, and small college towns and go there. But we've broadened way out now. So brews is literally like anything from sitting and drinking some water right Mm -hmm. now to, uh, you know, beer, tea, coffee, wine, anything you all enjoy. So um, just wanted to talk about either something that you're enjoying currently, prospectively tonight, or (laughs) some other other time. So Jennifer, can we kick off with you? Sure. Um, I think right now my first brain would go to, if you ask a couple of my coaches, it would be some champagne because I want to be popping bottles like Betty is my tagline. That's a great answer. So we go with the champs. And yeah. you know, I have a couple of championships coming up and Angela would like that because that means we're winning. Very good. Yeah, it means we're winning. So I'll have awesome. what she's having. Yeah. You'll have some champagne too. She's having if we're winning. That's right. 
Yeah, we're all the way down. But y'all here, you missed the baseball game by a day, so otherwise we'd say something. Oh, well, we're around. We're doing some home runs. Yeah. Hoping for a lot of home runs. Yeah. Beer yeah. showers would be good time. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to mention first experience with beer showers, which I'm excited yeah. to see. Yeah. Hopefully it's as big as yesterday. Six home runs. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully yeah. we didn't bat them all out. That would be yeah. nice. Um, I, I have faith. We'll manifest it. Um, <laughs> I think so. If we have any inkling of what the lineup will be like, I think you should, you should get a few. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, and then also mentioning, so we're recording this early. It'll be releasing um, the first week of March, which um, we will be in Nashville um, with y'all and your mm. SEC counterparts. And there's a brewery called Southern Grist there mm. that... I'm looking forward to stopping in. They have a lot of sours, Angela. Oh, that's so I think cool. <laughs> so we might get pull you out there. It's a fun. Going to talk about coffee and one of the when, when we come to Oxford, I love going to Heartbreak Coffee. Okay. Oh, nice. Cute little shop on yeah, the square. Yeah. Just they make some great coffee that's uh, locally roasted here, and mm -hmm. enjoyed that this morning. So Heartbreak is good. Yeah. That's a really good. It probably is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Jennifer and Angela, for sharing your insights with us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Cheers. 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 To learn more about the James Warren Company Collegiate Athletics and Higher Education segments, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to sign up for insights to get our latest industry updates, news, and events delivered straight to your inbox. You can also follow us on Twitter at jmcohighered and on LinkedIn for the latest news as the landscape of collegiate athletics and higher education is continually evolving. 